Hola, Montedistas. Welcome to the preview for the Sevilla game. Well, sorry about the two-week absence. Of course, you guys know it was the international break. We had some kind of content plan, but then things didn't really pan out in terms of availability. But, you know, here we are. And we are well and truly back for yet another crucial period in our title ambitions, you know, with the El Clasico looming right around the corner. Uh, so, Farouk, correct me if I'm wrong. It is, is it just 10 days away? Yeah, it's it's roughly that because yeah, it, it was roughly ten days, I would say. Fuck yeah, and uh, we just have Sevilla and uh, Braga, I guess, in between uh, before we go to the camp. No, right? Uh, we're not welcoming the Sevilla yeah. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There is you know. So yeah, uh, these small matter of Braga as well, and then it's the almighty clash. Okay, I'm already nervous, so, but you know, let's get uh, started with this episode. Farouk, how are you doing? Uh, did you catch any of the games uh, in the international break? How, how are you? Yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm doing fine, man. Honestly, uh, I said to you before we went on, like, honestly, I've been quite busy this week, so I haven't seen a lot of games, honestly. So the only game I saw was actually the 15-minute span of England against Italy, you know, because of the obvious about, uh, yeah. So other than that, I actually didn't watch any game. I just only, you know, got some news, either the good news or the bad news of, for example, Neymar getting injured or like some of the news of the teams are qualified, you know, to the tournament proper and stuff like that. But yeah, I haven't been watching games, man. I just caught a couple of games. I, of course, uh, caught the Brazil and Uruguay game, uh, which was a mistake. Uh, it was just a very, very broken game which I should have expected from a South American clash. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I was just hoping, you know, these guys can actually turn it on, especially in terms of Brazil, uh, getting that attack forward. But the team was in total disarray. Like, and you know, there's like a real lack of midfield in that team. So they just couldn't progress to the final third. And Vini and Rodrigo, Rodrigo wasn't that bad, but Vini, my God, man. Uh, some, some I didn't watch the game though, Jacob. But do you think, like, you know, the, the injury of Neymar like affected them psychologically because like, it was a really bad injury? Like, Neymar literally got injured by himself and he was crying before he left the pitch, you know? So, I mean, you seeing that of your talisman, I think that can have, you know, mental deficit on the players as well. I don't know. I mean, you watched the game, so you know better. I'm just asking, like, do you think that was a factor in that? I think that was a factor, but not like. Uh the main factor, right? Uh, I feel like it was just players out of form and in the midfield not really working. Uruguay just being good at being Uruguay, man. Like, they just cut out attacks uh, <laughs> by whatever means necessary. Uh, Fede had a decent game, very decent game. Uh, but so did the rest of this midfield. Uh, so, yeah, it was a fun game. Uh, but, uh, you know, not a lot of action in terms of attacking. But quite interesting. So uh, you're, you're saying like you can you you can take you know Oscar Tavares out of Uruguay, but you can't take Uruguay out of Oscar Tavares, you know, because <laughs> like they got Marcelo Bielsa as a coach, and Tavares has been there since you know I started watching football. I remember Tavares has always been the coach from the Diego Forlans, you know, now up to the you know Eddie Cavani's, and now we have you know the the Federal Reds and so on and so forth. So I was thinking with Marcelo Bielsa because as we know, like he's one of the proponents of you know like this. Uh, Front foot possessive possession based football. I was thinking maybe there's going to be a change, but I see, you know, your guy is going to be your guy as usual. I mean, uh, you can like hold possession against some teams, but this Brazil team, like, I don't know, these guys can counter attack, right? So it was a very broken game. Uh, didn't see that from this Uruguay team. Uh, but I have caught some other uh, Uruguay games, and uh, you know, uh, it's funny enough, uh, the current Sevilla coach used to uh, coach uh, the 
uh, Uruguay team before the World Cup uh, qualifies, right? And uh, he just mm-hmm. was signed recently, and uh, he just didn't know how to make use of Fede Valverde. But I feel like Bielsa, he has got the exact formula right, and uh, Valverde is actually like playing better for Uruguay than uh, than us compared to, you know, Real Madrid. Uh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good to see that is you know some of the boys are actually you know getting stuff done you know. Uh, so I mean let's 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 see how it goes, man. Honestly, I think when when we look at it, you know, as we mentioned earlier, like with Frank Garcia having you know uh, very as you in your opinion you said it wasn't too strong. It was just you know something doing the basics in the right way and stuff like that. But at least having that run for the national team, I think it's it's, it's really important, honestly. Especially considering, like you know, they were able to qualify for the tournament proper as well. So, yeah, man. And I, I don't know which other of our players was, you know, outstanding. Of course, you, like you, of course. Yeah, you caught the Bellingham game. I um, mean, and then France was up in action as well. I did see that Kamavinga holder that he had against Scotland. So he basically recovered the ball and passed it to the Scotland player uh, for his assist. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I think it's, it's you know it's it's only right to also talk about Jude and England, you know, like it's we always talk about it, but I think it's only fair because for me, like you know, this are the kind of performances that I actually was interested in seeing him do for us, which also he has actually started to become more and more of uh, before the international break because I don't know if you saw all of the game, but as I said, I saw just you know uh, a quarter of an hour of the game, and honestly, like he was really bossing the game, you know, like he had his stamp all over the game, like you know everything was literally basically flowing through him. It was like, you know, like, uh, give the ball to Jude and something will happen. You know, that was, I kind of feel like that was the mantra that, you know, Southgate gave to the English players was just, okay, just find Jude and leave the rest, you know, like something's going to happen. And he, he was really, really, you know, and for me, you know, that, that, that assist to Marcus Rashford was really phenomenal because he started the counter-attack by winning the ball right on the edge of the box, you know. He got the ball back right around the center cycle, you know, was able to evade the defender, a perfectly weighted pass to Marcus Rashford. Obviously, it was still a difficult finish for Rashford as well, but I think it, it was a fantastic play from Jude Honestly, And for me, this is the kind of uh, influence I actually have always been trying to look for because I feel like eventually goals will dry, you know. Honestly, goals will dry up. And for me, if, at least for the first four matches, I didn't see, you know, anything special from Jude, like other than the goals. But honestly, like as I mentioned just before the international break and even, you know, this game against Italy as well, you know, uh, I felt like these are the things that I have always, you know, been preaching because I want to see that dominance, that performance. Because come on, like we've been watching midfields, like we haven't had a goal scoring midfielder since when. Like at best, you have Casemiro scoring five goals a season, you know. So our team has won, you know, three peaks with this guy. So we need someone to dominate the field, to to dominate the middle of the park, honestly. And I think it was perfect. And also the interesting thing is because you know also he played as a ten for for England as well, you know, in a four-two-three-one one setup as also. That's 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 quite interesting. So I guess you know basically they're gonna mold him into a ten eventually, and you know drop the whole deep line box to box midfielder. I don't know how that's gonna be going forward, but honestly, like as I mentioned, like this is the dude that you know I was expecting when we paid a hundred million bucks. Well, a hundred million can get you more than a decent midfielder. You can get basically a striker replacement as well. Looks like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it is. But I mean, the, the interesting thing, actually, you know, Jacob, is the fact that do you know who is the highest, second highest goal scorer in the league? Um, no. Jose it's... Luis Felipe Martin, oh, aka wow. Jose Luis, with five goals, 
so you can we can shit on you more we want <laughs> really lewandowski does not have five goals is that what you're telling i don't maybe lewandowski also has five goals but like jude is number one with eight goals and then like uh jude has eight right if i'm not mistaken. yeah he has eight goals and then yeah. Os- oselo has five he is second maybe he's tied second with others but he's second wow well uh, i guess that pretty much sums up our season so far without these couple of guys scoring in the goals we found it really hard you know yeah exactly exactly true true talk honestly true talk all right uh, i guess we've covered uh, the international break do you want to talk anything more or let's just head right into sevilla you know yeah yeah definitely man i just you know want to just put it i like to take because like for me i've always been neymar's number one fan so you know I kind of felt broken, you know, when he, 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 you know, I got the news that he most likely has turned the ACL and, you know, it's almost impossible for him to play the Copa now, you know, and all. all so all it was a dual injury? Like, uh, he tore his ACL as well as his meniscus? I think he, was it, I, I don't, I think it, it was a dual injury, but was it his meniscus? I'm not sure. I think, yeah, it's, it's the meniscus, yeah, it's, it's the meniscus as well. Like, you know, I, because, yeah, you're right, it's a dual injury because, you know, there's the, Holy Trinity, where you tear like the MCL, ACL, and the, what's it called? I think the meniscus or whatever it is. As also, well, fortunately for him, he had two of them. But uh, I was reading something that actually said, you know, the problem, the problem is that when you have these two injuries together, like it kind of hampers the development or like the the healing of one hampers the healing of the other. So like if you're not careful, you know, it's something that can lead to a bit more permanent damage. So yeah, I mean, honestly, I just feel so sad for Neymar, honestly, because. Uh, he, he, you know, I don't know. I just feel like there is, they, they, he could have achieved more with Brazil, honestly. Although he's the highest goal scorer now, you know, over to Pele, but like he doesn't have that, 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 you know, he doesn't have that, in my opinion, at least he doesn't have the legacy that the Kakas and the Ronaldos and the, and the Dinos left, you know, with the team, unfortunately, you know, because, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so sad for Neymar, honestly. But yeah, other than that, I have nothing to add, man. Uh, so what you're basically saying is, uh, is Neymar not going to feature for Brazil anymore? He's definitely got, not going to make it for the Euros, right? Uh, for sorry, the, no, for the Copa. For the Copa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the point is, uh, the Copa is next year, so in the summer of next year. So, I mean, even if he goes there, he's not going to be fit. He's going to go there after having not played anything. So, you know, there is it basically is a shadow of Neymar, you know, and then is he going to go to the World Cup in 26? That's three years away. He's going to be 33 by then. So, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's the end, man. I just feel like it's the end. Yeah, and I feel like this is going to have a ripple effect as well. So, uh, Vinicius had a really good, uh, you know, uh, setup playing with uh, Neymar. He was the closest thing here to Benzema uh, in the international team. And uh, now there's just no one to link up and no one to, you know, play that final pass over to Vini, except maybe Rodrigo. And when you see Richarlison, you know, miscontrol the N number of balls and Gabriel Jesus trying to do it all by himself, like, you just have to fear for the Brazilian team. Yes, Jacob, that's the thing. Like, people now have to step up, you know, especially a player like Vinicius. He really has to step up big time, you know, honestly. That's just the thing. Like, he has to find a way to, you know, uh, integrate with these players, honestly, because that's that's the thing. Like, you know, the team was totally built around Neymar, and now they have to find a way to, you know. And also, the thing about it is that, you know, like, Brazil also is something that's not too, you know, clear as well. They have a coach who is a temporary coach, you know. What's going to happen, you know, in the summer, is there going to be a new coach, a prominent coach? How is it going to be? So I think there's a lot of, you know, figuring out to do. And I think uh, Neymar leaving kind of gives them a clean slate. So, you know, you don't have to build around a third-year-old player or something like that. You know, you can just look into the future. You, I mean, Richarlison, Gabriel, Jesus, like, they all have their qualities, different kind of players. So 
how is it going to fit in or not fit in. But one thing that is clear for sure is that Vinicius need to take that big step, you know, to become the main man for Brazil. Yeah, it remains to be seen. Uh, let's see how that goes. But, you know, let's come back to La Liga. Uh, we have to face reality. We have to get this out and make sure, you know, we don't miss out on the three points before going in, going ahead and facing Barcelona. Uh, it's going to be big psychologically to, you know, have that three-point advantage still. And, but first, we have to, like, finish off uh, Sevilla, right? And uh, Sevilla, uh, you know, they had their struggles last season. Just starting out, I think they finished uh, 12th in the league last time. But they could have, de- uh, just starting out the season, they probably, we felt like they could have been relegated. But then this quality finally shone through. And, you know, uh, they actually went out and won the Europa League as well. Beating uh, Jose, Jose Mourinho's uh, Roma, which is no small task. Yeah. Uh, Farouk, tell me, man, like, if you manage to do all of those feats, don't you get the benefit out of the doubt uh, for the next season? And even if you screw up big time at the start, uh, won't you get the benefit of the doubt saying you can turn things around and not just get fired like Mendeleeva did? That's the thing, man. Like, you know, football is a cutthroat game, man. Honestly, like, it's, 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 as we've seen over and over again. Like, let's not forget those as well. We have Roberto Di Matteo won the Champions League with Chelsea four months later. He's out of a job, you know. So that's the thing, man. I kind of feel the point, the thing with Sevilla is that I think they're just seeing parallels with how, you know, they started last season, if I'm not mistaken, with some, you know, some Paoli as well, you know. So they wanted to avoid that. And, you know, it's quite early in the season. It's easy to, you know, get things back on track and what is on, what is on, because, you never can tell, like, you can't always repeat the trick of, you know, winning the Europa League to kind of, you know, save everything. So, like, right now you can get stuff, save, you know, at least save something and get back fighting for those Europeans. But even if you don't qualify for the UCL, you can, you know, again, try to get into the, you know, Europa League, Europa Conference League places and stuff, something like that. So I kind of feel like, while I feel sad, I mean, because this is what football has become, you know, it's just uh, no one gets, you know, that benefit of the doubt anymore. But you can also understand the perspective of Sevilla as well because you're thinking like, okay, you know, what are the odds that we win again? Okay, yeah, we are Mr. Europa League, but what are the odds that we win this again? You know, we have to try to find a way to, you know, at least consolidate our league form and, you know, see how it goes. Because I think Sevilla have a, a league record of one win in the last five matches, although they also have one lose in the last five matches, but they've drawn every other thing that is in between us also. And they've had games that are actually winnable games, you know. So these are the, these I think these are the things that you have to also factor into consideration as well. Definitely. And uh, right now, Sevilla are kind of an unknown entity. Because uh, this coach, the newer guy who come, came in, Diego Alonso, uh, he previously coached the Uruguay team before he stepped down after the World Cup, uh, you know, shenanigans from Uruguay. So he is kind of an unknown, unknown entity. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of experience with club football. He's previously been coaches in the Mexican team, uh, the Uruguayan team as well, uh, before he actually became manager. So... The thing with unknown entities is that they can either uh, have a really good run of form just starting out because of they're able to motivate the players, but then afterwards you might see the real uh, real effects of their management. Uh, do you actually rate that guy? Uh, were you impressed by Uruguay in the World Cup before? No, nah, man, I think Uruguay underwhelmed a lot at the World Cup, and I think we also touched that in the fact that, you know, his use of, because he had a, a midfield engine of Rodrigo Bentacor and, and, and Fede Valverde, and his misuse of that midfield was quite alarming, in my opinion. And also, this is the guy that was replaced by, but was replaced by Phil Neville at Inter Miami. I don't know if you know that, but, you know, so that's the thing, like, he was the first coach, I think, that Beckham hired when, when they, you know, brought the club, and then eventually he was replaced by 
uh, field level. So that tells you a lot about how bad of a job he did at Miami. But I kind of, as you said, that's the thing. Like you know, it's not like we're followers of you know Mexican football or European football, so we don't actually know what he's made up of. But what we've, at least what I saw was at the World Cup, you know, of uh, Diego Alonso was only at the World Cup, and I definitely knew that you know that Uruguay team had a lot more to offer than you know uh, we were seeing. So. As you said, it's a unknown. It's a, he's a basically an unknown entity. But the unfortunate thing about unknown entity, which you also mentioned, is that you know that that unknownness itself, you know, is is the fear. Because as the saying goes, you know, like the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know, you know, because that uh, the fear of the unknown, as the saying goes. So yeah, I think it's it's going to be quite interesting to see how it pans out, especially when you know a new manager comes to a new manager bounce, and then now you have someone from an unknown territory, you don't even know what's going to be expected, you know, and then it's coming against us at the Sanchez P1 as well. So, you know, it's just a couple of things bottled together and looks like a recipe for, you know, maybe a potential banana skin, honestly. But I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, speaking of banana skin, man, like uh, there's a lot of drama coming into it. Uh, so even before, uh, just when the game was scheduled, Ancelotti had a lot to say about the international break, uh, saying, come on, like this is not how you schedule games. Uh, this is too much games within a, a span. Uh, our players, our Brazilian players, our Uruguayan players won't be back in time. They just have one day of like rest, or they might even like join, join us straight at Sevilla. Uh, this just seems ridiculous to me. Uh, and it also being such a crucial import, uh, moment in the title race, you know. We need this win uh, so that we have that mental edge against Barcelona when we face them. So we have that fallback, you know. Even if shit uh, hits the fan, we have that uh, fallback. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's uh, true, actually. You know, that, that it's, it's just, it just goes back to, you know, and that's one universal thing that you have a lot of coaches say, you know, except for maybe Atleta because he had a very weird take that I found very interesting. The, all, the play, all the coaches complain about the players are playing too many games, you know. They, uh, that's what everyone complains about. And he's very right, you know, someone plays football on Wednesday night or whatever it is and you expect him to come and just, you know, fly across the whole continent and come back on Friday and play football on Saturday. You know, does that even make sense? You know, it's 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 it's, it's outrageous, honestly. But then that's the thing, because the excuse that you actually made was that when you were talking about, you know, Bukayo Saka was the player in question here. And he said Messi and Cristiano literally played 70 games a year. That's why they were the best. To be the best, you have to play everything. So... I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't know. That's just the thing. It's 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 weird, but I totally get where Carlo is coming from. Like some things just don't make sense. But then, it's all about the money. You know, when the players sign this new contract that give them twenty million a year, they don't complain as also. That's just one of the side effects. Yeah, I guess this is just highlighted since we already have a lot of injury issues, and then we can't afford to give these uh, Brazilian guys and these people from South America a bit of rest. You know, because. They are our crucial starters. We they are basically untroppable. We have no one to come in and replace them right now, and that's just a reality. Uh, but then, in terms of Sevilla, you know, uh, they have had a few injuries as well. So right now, for them, Dimitris is out. Mariano Diaz is out. Imagine that, and Eric Lamela is out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Farouk, were you looking forward to actually facing him? Or... Yes, definitely, man. I mean, honestly, I was looking, I, I mean, not now, but I was looking forward to the reception he has received on his return to the Bernabeu, honestly. Obviously, Ramos is the key, you know, guy when that, that happens. Well, honestly, yeah, I mean, Diaz is, is he, he's always fun to watch, honestly. The energy he has is, is, is relentless. But then the thing you also know is that, you know, it's just all energy without output. So it's just like a headless chicken, you know. So you'd rather deal with a headless chicken than deal with, you know, a player like who has the chance to pounce at uh, chances like, you know, you in history. So I choose to deal with, you know, Mariano than to deal with any 
Yeah, El Nisri seems like quite a piece of work. Five goals in the season already, and he's not even played man, the most, man most of the games. Man, the man hits the ball like it's a, like like he uses his foot, man. Honestly, like he shoots with his head, like he shoots with his feet, man. You know that's why it's it's quite interesting because you come against Real Madrid where Atletico Madrid basically has given you the recipe, but then we also have seen you know with Osimhen and Napoli that okay, yeah, the recipe is there, but it's not easy to eventually do that, you know, because. Uh, you know, uh, if the if uh, a player like Rudiger fancies it, it's almost impossible to win an aerial duel against him. But you know, the question is, he gonna fancy it? But yeah, so that's why also I'm really happy. You know, players like Lamela are not there because you know Lamela also is a, he's a wicked crosser. So you know, just he can keep bombarding. You know, NSG uh, and eventually one of them is gonna stick. You know, so that's the thing, man. Honestly, it's 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 it's, it's quite interesting to see. But I don't know. I'm not really familiar with the wingers and you know the the fullbacks that Sevilla actually have right now. Uh, so I don't know how good. I think uh, be you'll be definitely or... uh, familiar with Suso uh, and the other oh, yeah. winger. Yeah, yeah, I know Suso. Yeah, and the left winger is uh, Luke Bakio. I haven't seen too much of him. Uh, I think I've heard the name Axel Fabar. Yeah, I've also heard the name Luke Bakio. I think he's Belgian. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I think he's Belgian. I, I also also heard his name before, but I, I haven't seen you know the game, so I can say a lot. But I know Suso. Yeah, Suso is a very you know nitty gritty player. Like you know, he's someone that can tie things together. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's gonna be quite interesting to see because, especially as you mentioned, you know, how are we gonna deal with that, you know, jet lag of the Brazilian players? I think that will also set the tempo for how the game is gonna be approached because whether you like it or not, like Fede is also one of that, you know, contingent of South American players. Even though he's not Brazilian, he played in that game, you know, Brazilian guy game as well, you know. So it's gonna be quite interesting to see how, you know, that 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 that, that balance or that the tone is set with them because it's 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 not an easy journey to make and there is jet lag, obviously. So. How the tiredness will be or not, so it's it's uh, it's something to explore. Yeah, for me, uh, we shouldn't like really factor in the uh, tiredness for this one. We should just tell these guys, come on, man, like just play this one game and then go sleep it off. We probably don't need it for the <laughs> brother Braga game. Like that's the reality. Yeah. Like we basically pass through our group with flying colors. Uh, we don't need to play our starters anymore, especially for the Braga game. And that I mean for sure, even forget about the trip or what or the international break or anything. I think the Braga game was always a game that a lot of players were gonna you know get rested. It's gonna be a, a lot of rotation because you know you need players in in peak uh, in peak you know uh, situation in peak in peak form for 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 you know for the for the game against Barcelona. So I I definitely think a player like you know Freddy is gonna be out of that game. Honestly, I'm not gonna be surprised even if Jude is not starting that game. You know to give uh, players like Diaz a chance in the hole to play as a ten. Well, I think we're just getting ahead of ourselves. Let's not shift away from, you know, Sevilla too much. Let's, you know, we're, 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 we're focusing two games ahead when we still have to, you know, uh, navigate the issue of Sevilla and Braga as well. So let's not disrespect this opponent, you know, and let's give them their due time. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, I guess then we can just look at the elephant in the room and fucking Sergio Ramos facing off against us. Yeah, man, and I kind of feel like, you know, it's everything is just set up for, a, you know, a set piece and it's a Ramos header, man, you know. <laughs> honestly, or like even he has a free kick and he scores it himself, man. Honestly, I feel like everything is just, you know, leading up to that and it's going to be so weird, bro. Honestly, it's going to be so weird to see Ramos, you know, uh, literally playing in La Liga against us. Honestly, it's going to be so... I mean, you can understand in Champions League and stuff like that. <clears throat> But you know him. I think he didn't play because he didn't play against us with Paris, right? Because he was injured for the game. Yep, he was injured. He was injured for the games, right? Yeah. So I think it's 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 gonna be. Nah, nah. I don't know, honestly. I don't know. It's gonna be quite quite strange. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
not sure if uh, did you uh, catch the Barcelona game, uh, the Sevilla and Barcelona game where he scored the own goal? No, I didn't see that. Uh, so okay, so in the final dying embers of the game, uh, Ramos was trying to clear the ball and then head it into into his own goal. Uh, and then people were saying, "Come on, like, uh, uh, of course you'll have like emotions playing off uh, when you face Barcelona, one of your main rivals, uh, for so long. But still, like, yeah, at those dying embers, like, you still have to be Ramos and just you know, not get carried away. Uh, but that was really unfair. Uh, just I just saw this on Twitter, and then for me it was really unfair, just uh, blaming him for the goal and whatnot because he was quite brilliant against Barcelona. They were able to hold Barcelona for." Uh, just a 1-0 victory, and that was again at the dying end of the game. And I fully expect uh, him to start. Uh, he's been getting a bit part role the season so far. Uh, he's been starting every other game or every two games. But uh, I fully feel, uh, like expect him to face against us, just so the uh, just because maybe even for the psychological games. Yeah, I think the thing with Ramos actually in Sevilla is uh, because you know he actually joined quite late, you know, in the transfer window as well, I think towards, you know, the ending, towards the end of the transfer window. So, like, there was no proper preseason because, you know, he was a free agent. So, I think that might be the reason, like, you know, they are allowing him to gradually build fitness. But I think this international break would have, you know, consolidated that, you know, that fitness regime, that, like, kind of a mini preseason, you know, for him. So, I think uh, with that, I believe that, you know, he should be recalled back into the team. And, you know, that know-how, you need the experience of this guys against the bigger teams. And I think, you know, that, that know-how and experience of Sergio Ramos is something that, you know, Diego Alonso we want to count on in this game. Yeah, just imagine, like, if Rodrigo is the one starting, Rodrigo against Ramos, that will be a sight to see. Bro, I honestly, anyone who starts against Ramos is gonna be a sight to see, man. Even if it's you know, Vinicius. Nah, man. If if, if it's Joselu, I feel like Joselu can throw a few bodies around, you know. But fucking Rodrigo, that's gonna be a massacre. No. Okay. Yeah. That, that's that's true. Though. That's true. Honestly, that's true. Like you know, against the, I think a 35 or 36 year old Sergio Ramos, yeah, Joselu might be able to have a sniff on us. But like as you as you already mentioned, you know, if it's Rodrigo, like it's gonna be a kid against his grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess uh, that co- pretty much covers it. Like, we just have to be uh, on our game in attacking and then uh, try to figure out how to block the crosses coming in, how to figure out how to defend on set pieces, not let uh, Ramos get his head on the end of it and be very a in the series. Yeah, I mean, imagine his first goal on his return to Sevilla is going to be against Real Madrid, man. Holy fuck, man. Oof. That's going to be the headlines for sure, everywhere. I mean, considering how, you know, we've always been like that, like, you know, everyone literally scores it, be it what, if it is Kubo or what's... Uh, uh, Arribas. I forgot the name of the guy. Arribas at Almeria, you know, in the past also, we used to have, you know, Raul de Tomas, even Oselu, you know, like, if these guys, the Soldados, the Nagredos, you know, like, that's how it just keeps going on and on, like, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, like, <laughs> if that's the script that has been written, you know, given the fact that Mariano Diaz, the probably primary protagonist you will see will score against us is out of the team so you know the next best next thing now becomes you know uh Sergio Ramos and we know his tendencies you know four 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 headers and dramatic goals as also we <laughs> shouldn't be surprised yeah yeah I'm gonna get nervous at minute 98 for sure <laughs> nah man that's 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 a special moment when that cannot be replicated man even if you wanted you wouldn't you know ruin that yeah. memory for us yeah, that, that's the question, right? Uh, or do you actually think he's going to celebrate if he scores against us? No chance, right? No, I think Ramos, I think Ramos doesn't. No chance, man. No chance in Ramos. 
Yeah. No chance at all. Yes, I mean it's not like we we you know I mean if you if he was a Gareth deal maybe he will celebrate because the fans you know we had a fallout with the fans upon leaving but like mm-hmm. when he was gonna leave the club or I think for almost like a lot of people were actually sad that he left the club so exactly I think because of that I, I believe and I know he also calls Real Madrid home as well so you know he's not gonna do that yeah man and do you agree with uh, like the timing of when Ramos departed do you feel like he had one more season in him? Or he just left at the right time? I definitely thought he had one more season in him, but then what the team now becomes is like, he had one more season in him, but the way he had one more season in, in my opinion, was not as a starter, you know? It's similar to what Modric is right now. But the mm-hmm. question now becomes like, is what would have been Sergio Ramos's reaction to that, you know? We never don't, we never can tell. And then also, when we consider that the season before, Ram, not even that, 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 you know, in that year, I think it was 2022, Ramos had played just three times for Real Madrid in 2022, you know, before he left eventually. So, sorry, it was 2021. He left in 21, not 22, sorry. He left, you know, so he played just three times, either three or four times, I can't recall it, but he played a very, um, uh, you know, few number of times for Real Madrid before he left. So that kind of showed, like, you know, maybe while he might still be, you know, uh, tactically, you know, adapt at the game and stuff like that but like you know physically like time was catching up with him you know because we know he's a very all-action defender and stuff like that so i kind of feel like the club got you know rid of him at just i think godfrey is a very harsh and negative yeah, term, yeah. but like you know he left he, le- he left the club at the right time i would say exactly i, I totally agree and uh, i guess history just uh, speaks for itself right and he didn't really have the best in that psg exactly 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 Right, man. Uh, I, I mean, that's the thing. When you look at all the big players, you know, when they leave, like it's always downhill. Man, you even look at Cristiano's issue as well. You know, he left and now he's in Saudi Arabia. You know, <laughs> so I mean, we look, we we look at even you know, Varane as well, and even Casemiro to some extent. You know, you just look at it, and you know, it's Varane is almost unavailable for fifty percent of the matches, and Casemiro is just a red card in the waiting. Like he play, he gets what he plays one good game, gets a red card in the next, he misses the next four game, comes back one good game, one red card misses. You know. I think it's insane. Like, uh, how cards, how does a player you know? go from being like being known for avoiding red cards to getting a red card every other game? Exactly, exactly. That, that's the thing I said. You know, like it's just downhill. Like, although I do believe Casemiro still has a lot to offer, like he's still a fantastic footballer. But I'm just saying, like you know, that uh, edginess to him has finally caught up to him. As also, luckily for us, it's not with us again. So you know, that's the thing. Yeah, in the end, you know, Fiorentina Perez is always proven right. Exactly, exactly. Right, man. Uh, I guess uh, we can talk about the Real Madrid side of things. Uh, you know, we get, got a few players back, at least uh, some players getting back in fitness. Uh, Dagula coming back. Uh, Tony Cruz in the break uh, had some really nice words for him. Did you check it out? Like, uh, for me, Dagula, uh, I wasn't like super sold on him already because uh, I haven't seen too much of him, right? And the highlights just only show so much. But getting praise from Cruz and Modric left and right, you know, saying, this guy can do some things that we cannot do. Fucking cruise, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fucking cruise, man. It's not easy. <laughs> now I'm like super hyped to actually see him easy, play. Man. If only we can actually, see him play. One thing, one thing actually, you know that we we've always heard from people about Arda is that he's different from all the Turkish prodigies we've had, in the sense that all the Turkish prodigies were always people that you know. Once they make that big break, they buy houses, they hang out with friends in flashy cars and this and that, you know. But then with Arda, we've always heard that he is a person who, you know, will stay behind to, you know, improve his stuff, you know. 
try to be better, get separate. I mean, I remember like I, I was told about that after Barcher actually, you know, it's like he was very, uh, you know, okay, let's not say weak, but he wasn't good at set pieces. And, you know, he stayed back and he was practicing a lot, a lot until he actually became, you know, one of the primary, you know, takers for, for, for Fenerbahce. And let's not forget there's someone that started playing for Fener at 16, you know, he's literally 18 right now. So you can imagine, you know, you're 16, 17, and you have that dedication, you know, to become, you know, to improve so that you can become the primary taker of your team. So that, you know, kind of tells us a lot about his mentality, you know, honestly, I don't know. So let's see, man. Let's see, honestly, it's 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 quite uh, it's, it's 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 quite interesting. But again, I honestly don't have any expectations from Arda this season. I just you know you just get some minutes here and there, and you know next season hopefully when things you know he he settles more in Spain, you know better you know handle of the language, more understanding of the surroundings, stuff like that, you know. Because eventually that's that's just the thing, you know. I don't think Arda also was bought for today and now, and I think. You know, the U.S. to with future in mind, and I think there's someone that has played very, very few amount of football in total. So, you know, so I think uh, with this injury, I think it's gonna be very good for him. Like a beginning kind of, it's gonna be like a preseason, like but not a preseason, but like a preseason of an introduction to Real Madrid kind of thing. I don't know if that makes any sense. Man, uh, so I was, I was seeing this conversation on Twitter. It's like. Uh... Antonio Pintas already broke this guy a couple of times. Now Pintas is going to give him a fitness res- regimen again. Are you like worried that he's going to get broken the third time? Nah. <laughs> if anything in Pintas, we trust, man. I mean, the point is to build something, you have to break something down, right? So if he has to get broken to get you know stronger, so be it then. Exactly. But then, you know, also Turkey qualified for the championship and I was having a conversation with a friend and they were like, please, please, you guys should play this boy so he can come into form at least, you know, so we can have, you know, at least uh, an X factor going into the tournament. And yeah, for them, you know, Arda is a really, really important proponent for their, for, for their chances at the Euros in the summer. But then, let's see. Yeah. Uh, so the news is that uh, he might be coming back the first week of November, if I'm right, or maybe in the second week. Let's just see. Um, but speaking about players who did come back, uh, so Alaba is again fit. Uh, do you think he starts for the Serie again? Or who do we? Who else do we have? Like Shawmini is going to start CB again? I don't think so. I think because he was an international break, so I think David Alaba, if like uh, should like back to fitness, maybe he doesn't play the whole game. You know, just plays a certain amount of game because the point is you also want him to play into fitness come you know with considering you know the the the, the giant fixture we have around the corner which is basically next weekend you know so uh okay actually this weekend is not here yet so it's the weekend after you know <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the weekend after so you know you want you want him to be there so i think he's gonna see some time so i think he starts and he gets off like in the 68th minute or the 55th minute or something. yeah and okay says uh after the international break in november for after so not not exactly in the first week of November. Hmm. Okay. 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 Uh, well, I mean, well, let's let's see, man. I think it's it's fine. Like I think there is no rush. At least that's what I think. You know, because because right now it's a it's a really stacked midfield anyway. So you know there is no rush. I think you know allowing him to easily and gradually settle in. I think that's just the best. Back to full fitness, get the form, play five, ten, fifteen minutes here and there, and then eventually you know. The cup games roll around because if I'm not mistaken, December, January, we have a lot of cup games. That's where you know you keep playing the Copa del Rey every midweek. So I think yeah, when the Champions League is on break, so I think yeah, uh, that time you know he can play himself into full form and fitness as well. 
Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, uh, with regards to the other people who are actually missing out, uh, Andre Leonin is out with a back injury. Of course, we know that. Uh, <laughs> not... <laughs> Man, that guy can't catch a break, not even as a reserve, you know. Oh, unfortunately, man. I, I'm wondering, like, how do you get injured as a... But then, was he playing for Ukraine when he got injured, or was he injured before the... No, he, he doesn't play for Ukraine at all. I guess he went up for the international break, but then he wasn't starting again. He was a backup. Oh, wow. So you get injured while in training. Fucking hell, bro. And again, as you know, uh, Nacho's out uh, because of the red card. Adam Militao, Thiago Kotoa out until the next year so i was reading like is nacho gonna be back for the barcelona game or is he still out for the barcelona game uh i heard uh no uh, he got his suspension reduced so he's gonna be back for the barca game for the barcelona game okay because i also heard like some noise for some from some barca people so i wasn't exactly sure was that is it like are we appealing to that or like has it already been appealed and it's approved or something like, i wasn't exactly sure oh. well it's great to have nacho back for the game uh, yeah, I, I just saw it on Reddit's own. Like, I didn't read into the specifics of it. Uh, but yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, it just We just went for an appeal. I'm not sure about the results. But from what I've seen, uh, I think Nacho is going to be available for the classical. Great, great, great. So at least, you know, we have uh, alternatives of the bench in case if, you know, shit hits the fan. An alternative that is not named Kamavinga or Charmania. <laughs> mm-hmm. At least in the defense, you know, when shit hits the fan. So. You have uh, solid players there, and that, that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's pretty much it. So like, we know for sure. For sure, uh, yeah. Alaba's gonna start. For sure, we. Okay, so we, let's just get into the lineups. You know, uh, you yeah. know, we, we have our only goalkeeper in the squad, uh, Kepa. Oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Lunin is not starting then. Okay, poor Lunin. <laughs> And then uh, at right back, uh, man, Carvajal had a busy uh, international break as well. So you think yeah. Lucas Vasquez should start with this one? No, no, no. It's too important for Lucas Vasquez. Yeah, Lucas Vasquez starts at the midweek against Praha. Yeah. And then uh, at CB, uh, of course, we have no option. We have to play Rodriguez and Alaba. Alaba might get like subbed off, and Chomini might replace him or someone else from Castilla, but not yeah. sure. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but I Castilla, man. So they, they, they're going to just throw. Yeah, but that's true, actually. Nah, but against Sevilla, I don't think they throw in a Castilla player, man. I think he just goes and one of the players just, you know, rolls over and try to fill that position. Maybe throw a many. Who knows? Maybe even a full Amendi as well. So mm. I think that's something like that. Yeah. And uh, at left back is where we actually have options, you know. And uh, do you think uh, Fran Garcia is going to win his, himself back into the lineup or just to give Kamavinga uh, a bit of break? No, I think I think you know they give Fran this game as well. I think they give Fran starts this game. How about Mendy? Uh, what's up with Mendy? That's a very good question, bro. I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I uh, okay, I'll I'll post this question to you. Uh, let's say Kamavinga does not start. Who who will start? Is it going to be Mendy or is it going to be Fran? Fran, right? For me, it's going to be Mendy, man. Like uh, I don't think uh, uh, Ancelotti trusts Fran at all. Uh, and especially for the Sevilla game, where we need the three points before the Classico. I feel like Fran is going to get the start for sure against Braga. Yeah, all right. But yeah. Actually, when you say it this way, it's, it's logical. But then eventually, I think like eventually, it's always it's just going to be Kamavinga again. <laughs> Kamavinga. 
<laughs> oh, but did you hear uh, Kamaviga's comments in the international break? He basically said, please, I, I just hate playing at left back, but <laughs> I just have to do it for Real Madrid because I won't start otherwise. I mean, come on. Do, do, you think, do, you, do you think Carlo gives a shit about what he says? Like, the point is, we played, we played. That's just the thing. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, the, the, the thing about people like Carlo is that you just can't fucking talk back. You mm. play as a fullback, si, signore. You go, you know, just... <laughs> There is no, you know, discussion there. This is what is happening. Yes, sir. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the thing. But honestly, like, I, I do feel like, unless, you know, Tramin is playing the center back position again, I think, like, Kamavinga starts as a fullback, honestly. But if Tramin is playing the center back position, then Kamavinga starts in the middle of the park. But I think um, uh, Alaba plays. So I think uh, Kamavinga also plays as a fullback again. But then the point you were making earlier actually makes a lot of sense in the sense that you play. Uh, Mendy at the weekend because of you need that defensive. Uh, okay, is actually in the comments. He's keeping us honest. He says Nachos is available for the Clasico, no doubt about it. And uh, he mm. said that Lunin is actually back in training. He just checked. Oh, not that it matters, anyways. No, no, he's back to save our lives, man. What do you mean it doesn't matter? <laughs> who's gonna keep the Who's gonna keep the benches warm, man? We need someone to sit on the bench so they all winter oh. is coming, bro. Winter is coming. <laughs> Winter. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That is peak, man. Uh, but anyways, uh, at least the Copa del Rey games are, you know, uh, gonna roll out, and hopefully, Lunin gets uh, his run of games then. Yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully, man. Fingers crossed. Like, I mean, the Copa games, you know, mm. you know, I hope we can get something done, man. Hopefully, because the deep, the, the deeper we go, the more chances of playing he has. Because, uh, yeah, it's just him and Kepa, so there is no other, you know, alternative there. Hopefully, he can get some game time and also build on his confidence. And hopefully, you know, we are available for a transfer in the summer or something like that, at least. Yeah, 100%. So, <clears throat> I guess we looked at the defense. Uh, when it comes to the midfield, uh, Chamini is uh, undroppable. He's got to start. Cruz ha- yep. did not have an intense break. He's totally like fresh and ready. And he should start him being the best passer on our team. Uh, who else is going to start? Uh, do you think Valverde actually gets a rest and you know, Seba, someone like Ceballos or Modric comes in? Nah. Federico Valverde, bro. Federico Valverde? Yeah. Yeah. Cross, Chouameni, Freddy. Yeah, especially if Cruz plays, I feel like uh, we can't take the chance and you know, not have Valverde on the pitch. Totally agree with that, bro. Totally agree with that. Chouameni, Fede. Best um, partners for Cruzman, at least that's what we've seen so far. Right, and uh, we, we've got to put in Bellingham as well. Uh, is it in the midfield, right? Just from what we've seen in the last few games. So... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it's a 4-3-1-2, you know? So, like, there's a three midfield, and then there's a one midfield, which is a diamond midfield, which is basically a free roll kind of eating ish 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 mm-hmm. And that's true. But with Kamavinga playing, he uh, tends to start a bit more on the left. So I don't know what shape this is, but uh, yeah, I know we have two strikers or no strikers at on the pitch at the same time. So, bro, stop thinking about shape, man. Like, I mean, when you go to sophisticated coaches and you know tacticians, you talk about shapes, man. Like, for mm-hmm. us, eleven players on the pitch, figure shit out, shit happens. Down. Shit happens. Bye bye. 
that, I mean, when you, when, you, when you talk about shapes, then you have to try to find, you know, like, because the thing is, you look at the diamond and it's not exactly a diamond. And that's at least one thing I've seen is that it's not really a diamond. It's just, you know, a bunch of intelligent players trying to, you know, interchange positions, fill gaps, you know, finding empty spaces, filling those empty spaces, so stuff like this. So it's not really a diamond diamond as you would have, you know, like we used to have, for example, with squad, the tip of a diamond, like it's not really that kind of diamond, honestly. Hmm. For sure. So Bellingham is not gonna start. Uh, no chance for Brian Diaz, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I don't want to go too far, but even if Zidane comes back, it's gonna be difficult to play with the form that Bellingham is in right now. <laughs> that's strong words, but absolutely, no, right. that's you, thing, you like, cannot drop this man. That's just the thing, man. Like if he's scoring, just keep playing him. Yeah. Just keep playing him, that's it, until he stops scoring, just keep playing him, you know. I have my reservations about the scoring, but the point is, this is just the fact that he's scoring, which means tomorrow most what like he's in a purple patch, so you keep, you know, exploiting that as much as you can. That's just the thing. Exactly. Um, yeah, I guess that just leaves the striker spot up for grabs. Uh, so Vinicius is going to start for sure. He's still coming back into his fitness and his form. He, we have got to play him, even if, even if he is a bit tired, we have to play him just so he gets his form back. I would even play him against Braha, so he gets some confidence back. Yeah, I think, actually for me, I don't have issues with being playing, honestly. I really don't have issues with because like these are young players who are hungry to play and, you know, the more they play, the more, you know, confidence they can get into, especially for a player like Vinicius Jr., who is, you know, just starting to find his groove again. So I think, you know, playing as much as possible is really, really important. But I think one player we have to keep an eye on for is, I think maybe I jinxed him at the start of the season when I see he's going to have a breakout is Rodrigo Goes, you know, honestly. I kind of feel like something hasn't been clicking with Rodrigo and something is different. I don't know what, okay, obviously the system of the team is different. Maybe that's that, but there is something with him that, you know, there are chances that at least he would, you know, make the goalkeeper make an impossible save but you know we have been seeing chances that Rodrigo is just you know basically hitting straight at the goalkeeper even missing the whole target so I kind of feel like there is something wrong like okay the system is changed but there is something different you know with him which I still cannot place my finger around and I really really do hope you know he gets back into in, into that so uh I don't know maybe it's it's it will require you know I don't know maybe even a 4-3-3 or flat 4-3-3 you know with Judy in the middle of the park you know with Cruz and from any as well, you know, to give Fede a rest eventually. Maybe a flat fortitude can be, you know, with 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 uh, with Rodrigo, Vinicius, yeah. and and Osilu. But then obviously, I'm just speaking from hypothetics. I know that Carlos is not gonna do jack shit, man. Yeah, I'll I'll ask you this, right? Uh, for me, it's not just about the scoring. I feel like Rodrigo has lost a bit of step on like what exactly to do in the final third, uh, even when he's like playing uh, SS. He used to play that role very well when uh, Benzema was out last season. Benzema was there, yeah. yeah. And this season, I feel like even Hossel, who has had better link-up play, you know, and things, he's been able to make things work with his limited skill set than Rodrigo. He just hasn't been that effective in the final third at all. Just take away his uh, lack of scoring boards. Uh, even then, he has not been that impactful. I would say, like, maybe, you know, there's this... Uh thing about trying too hard because I think when Vinicius was injured, I kind of feel like Rodrigo was trying too hard in certain situations, you know. He was always just, you know, shooting from every angle, you know. He just gets the ball, he turns his tries to shoot, you know, like 
uh, as you mentioned, you know, that, that link up was totally non-existent. So I kind of feel like, you know, it's just about trying too hard or trying too much, you know, this might be something like that, honestly. So that's why I actually mentioned maybe going back to a more flat 433, which he kind of, you know, feels more comfortable, at least just, you know, to build some uh, confidence, you know, to build some morale and stuff like that. So that's that's what I'm thinking, honestly, but I don't know, you know, eventually if that is what's going to bring him back. But as you also rightly point out, you know, it's not just about the system. It's about the fact that, you know, the little things that he used to do in the past right now are not existing there at all, you know. So that's why I mentioned that I really, uh, something happened that I don't know, you know, because uh, we don't know what happens, you know, uh, behind the scenes and what is and what is not, but there is definitely a difference, you know, right now to, 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 to Rodrigo, honestly, there is definitely a difference. Yeah. O okay, says uh, it's probably father and son feuding with Ancelotti. So father being moderate and son, of course. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so what, what's the story with Modric? Uh, do you think he's uh, probably going to get a more important role than, than Ceballos, at least, for this game? For this game, yeah, I think, uh, you know, he might. Because I think Modric was away with Croatia again, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing, like, you know, it's it's not easy. So I think, you know, he might he will get a role to play. But I, I want to believe that, you know, against Prague and against Barcelona, he's going to have a more important role to play, actually. Yeah, it's going to be important against Barcelona to calm things down. Yeah, so so that's the thing because I think the international break also takes a bit of a toll. So I think you know you just have to give that recuperation time as well. Like he's no spring chicken anymore. You know he's just thirty-eight years young, so you have to you know manage him as best as you can. So I guess we still not like answered who's going to start alongside Vinny. Right? Uh, on one hand, you need to give Rodrigo a bit of game time just so he can get his confidence back or he can like get into the groove of things somehow in this one game and turn things around for the classical. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we have a striker who was in form. You were mentioning it before the pod began. He's like the second top scorer with five goals in the league already, Joselo. And do you think we should just play him and keep him warm for the classical? Oh, definitely. I think as, as as much as I would, you know, love for Rodrigo to start this game and, you know, get a bit of rhythm, I think, you know, just... It has started. It has started to click with Joselo in the team. So I think, you know, I wouldn't say it has clicked yet, but it is showing a lot of promise, you know, with Joselo in the team. So I will just continue with that, honestly. I will just continue with that because whether you like it or not, here or there, like he's just, you know, getting the goals. Obviously, as we've seen, also he missed a lot of chances, especially when they come, you know, with a lot of time to think and you know stuff like that. But uh, eventually, you know, this is what strikers do, you know, you give them a chance in, a, in a, you know, just one chance, one goal, like in just in a split second, but when, you know, you give them a lot of space and stuff like that, you know, he overthinks it or something like that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, it's, it's working with, with Oselo so far, like, or rather it's starting to look like it's going to work, so I think it's just best to, you know, keep the momentum going into the, you know, the big clash at the, uh, you know, uh, the weekend after, so. I will continue with that, and in, you know, in the middle of the week, we can see how we can shuffle around to 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 you know accommodate Rodrigo as well. Exactly, I totally agree. And Hoke has something to say about it as well. He says, "I think Hoselu will start alongside Vini, uh, Bellingham, Cruz, Modric, Romani, and it's going to be Mendy, Alaba, Rodrigo, and Carvajal in the defense." So he thinks Modric and Cruz will start alongside Romani and Bellingham. I mean. It's a hard one. Like uh, I don't see that happening. Yeah, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it strong. it kind of it kind of makes sense just uh, with the fact that Fede needs some rest. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the reasoning behind also Mo's decision to uh, you know comments there. I think, but I just just feel like you know Freddie is gonna play. Honestly, I just feel like I see Freddie starting ahead of Luca. Honestly, but mm-hmm. let's see. Like I mean, that's also not a bad one. Honestly, that's also not a bad one. But also Luca has been there, you know, having his exploits for Croatia as well. You know, although they're also in a very tight spot to qualify for the for the for the for the Euros as well. But you know, let's see. Absolutely. Not too sure about Modric starting. Well, yeah, that's fine as well. You know, that's the thing. The middle of the park is where one place that you know you have no complaints at Real Madrid. Whoever starts is fine. Exactly. All right, man. Uh, let's slowly begin to wrap this up. Uh, so before we do that, you know, you want to give your predictions? Actually, you know, it's quite interesting. I saw Real Madrid have five clean sheets in eight games. Yeah, yeah. I'm they like, are always the super fuck? negative. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I was like, how did that happen, man? Come on. We have been shitting on Kepa even before he signed me. And how do we have five matches in eight games? I feel like uh, Rudiger has a lot to do with it, to be very honest. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you, honestly. I, I, I share your sentiments. And that's why I mentioned, you know, if Rudiger is up for it, honestly, he's a very, very difficult player to beat, honestly, for the question now becomes, when is he up for it? Why is he up for it? How is he up for it? This is, you know, all this question that you have to answer one after the other. Well, anyways, yeah, I will also, you know, give the, the the you know that 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 benefit of the doubt to the new coach and what is and what is not so i'm just going to go with a tight 2-1 victory for real madrid you know with that one goal coming from Yosha not being in you know who yeah i, I think that's a fast shout uh with again uh who pointed out and el nasiri versus kepa there ain't no clean sheets coming <laughs> uh i would totally I agree more sergio ramos against kepa as well you know man I think it's also easy, no? Yeah, it's going to be a hard one. Again, a former Madridista, it's not looking good. However, I think uh, we have enough in the bank and you know, the players are going to give it one last push and then before facing up against Braha. Uh, I think we have it in the bag, so probably... I'm not going to say a 3-1, it's going to be a 2-1 for me as well. Uh, it's a way, uh, it's a way the Sanchez plays one. It's not going to be an easy game. The crowd is going to be against you. Vinny might get frustrated for a bit. But we are going to find a way because we are one man among us. So it's fucking better. True, 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 no. I think similar to all the games we've seen, like, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes might be a bit cagey, you know, and they might come out very strong, which is something that we've seen, you know, this season for some reason we start games very slow, but I think eventually the game, you know, will take a turn when, you know, we have our first big chance or something like that, or we score against the run of play or something like that, you know. Or even maybe they score first, we never can tell. But I just think, you know, eventually the game will settle back to the, you know, to the, to, 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 to the normal and uh, the quality will shine through eventually. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, there you have it, folks. I mean, you have a predictions. If you're still listening, um, comment on predictions as well. But before we go, we want to thank all of you viewers who are here. Don't remember to smash the like button. It really helps us out massively, especially since we not had any content going out for the last couple of weeks it'll really help the algorithm if you actually can smash the like button so we can get back to you know our usual crowd and you won't miss an episode from there on forward uh and before we go if you're new here do consider subscribing as well on audio platforms as well do consider leaving out a review because you can actually do that on spotify and those reviews actually help us reach more new people and everything man. so yeah thanks for all the love you give us on the other platforms as well keep doing what you do just remember you know leave a review every now and then 
apart from that, uh, we also have some exciting content uh, on our Instagram coming out. It's it's going to be an away game, but for the Braha game, I believe they're going to have some fan camps uh, for sure. So do stay tuned for the shots uh, from Sid. And last but not the least, uh, do check out our partners over at Real Madrid Committee as well. They have some insane content out there on Instagram. So check their pages out. And all the links are down in the description below. Do check them out. All right, Farouk, you know what to say? Hello, Madrid! Hello, Madrid! <laughs>